Would you like to know more about how pharma manufacturing works? Every month, we bring you an inside the conversation with our experts here at Lonza, with our partners and leaders in the industry. Hi, my name is Martina Hestericová, and this is A View On, a podcast brought to you by Lonza. It has been a wonderful few months since the beginning of our second season. And I must say, it feels just like yesterday, when we started exploring exciting innovation projects that are transforming the world of pharma manufacturing today. Now, let's head back and rediscover some of the best moments we've experienced together. Our second season journey began with a big question. There are over a million known vertebrae viruses, and about a third can infect human cells. So the question was, can some of these viruses and their cytotoxic effect be used for good? As it turns out, we can indeed harness their pathogenicity for therapeutic purposes. In our first episode, we were joined by Imad Mardini and Ghassan Alusi of Cyvac and dove deep into the potential of oncolytic viruses. According to Gassan, the founder and chairman of Cyvac, the potential of oncolytic viruses has been known for a while. We've known about the link between cancer regression and viral infections since the beginning of the 20th century. Since then, the field of oncolytic viruses has progressed rapidly. We now see over 80 clinical trials for these types of therapies, harnessing the power of our own immune system. And as Imad, the COO of Cyvac, added, I believe we will soon see the end of days of evasive surgeries, chemotherapy and radiotherapy, and essentially working with the immune system, harnessing its power uh, to, to tackle cancer. Since our first episode of the season, we've discussed many other innovative and emerging modalities. Two episodes focus on bioconjugation. In our seventh episode, we spoke with our Lonza expert, Laurence Bonafou, about antibody drug conjugates, or ADCs for short, and their mode of action and manufacturing. The manufacturing of ADC drug substances somehow magic in the sense that it enables the world of biologics to, to meet the world of small molecules. And if you want an ADC, it can, can be seen as a, a vehicle that allows the selective delivery of a potent payload into the cancer cell. Ivan Bertoliotti added his perspective on the manufacturing challenges and how Lonza can help customers navigate the complexity of ADC-based therapies. It's really unique what we have at Lonza FISP. The advantage is to, to bring all under one roof. I think with that, you have the unique opportunity to reduce complexity dramatically. So that is related to contracting, planning, communication, optimized timelines with parallel activities are possible. We explored the topic of bioconjugates and their applications in even more depth with Victor Perlroth from Kodiak Sciences. His company focuses on developing ophthalmic therapies based on antibody biopolymer conjugates. 
Uh, at this time, the main focus of the company or really our entire focus is retina, the light sensitive tissue in the back of the eye. It's a deep area. It's very complex. There are, you know, difficult diseases. Kodiak develops treatments for diseases of the retina. We call it our ABC platform. It's our antibody biopolymer conjugate platform. And we developed it to focus on innovative new medicines for the retina. So we achieved something very special with the design of our platform, which is a long ocular resonance time and a relatively quick exit from the systemic circulation. Over the second season, we covered fascinating topics such as our microbiome, comprised of trillions of bacteria, fungi, viruses, and archaea, and its role in our physiology. We spoke to Professor Iran Elinaf from the Weizmann Institute of Science in Israel about the potential of utilizing microbiome for personalized therapy. The microbiome represents, in my view, a revolution because in a matter of just uh, 10 years, we discovered a second genome in the human body that consists of much more genes and cells than the human cells and genes uh, uh, that we knew before. I think this personalization uh, uh, concept will be uh, more and more exploited because the microbiome is really at the heart of this uh, human uniqueness between individuals. We've already shown this to be highly effective in controlling uh, obesity and type 2 diabetes in what we call the personalized nutritional uh, approach. We also touched upon exosomes, an emerging therapy based on miniature particles that are shed by cells. Exosomes are a fascinating new class of communication system. The main responsibility for this communication system is to transfer complex macromolecules from cells to cells. That was Shridam Satanarayanan, the chief scientific officer of Kodiak Biosciences, a company pioneering the development of exosome-based therapies. Their therapies initially focused on immune oncology. Uh, we are now looking at infectious disease and, and vaccines. And we are now also looking at gene therapies where you could deliver complex uh, you know, viral particles like AAV uh, selectively to a specific cell types. Our second podcast season did not only focus on individual modalities, but also on the entire development and manufacturing process of pharmaceutical products. At the earliest stages of drug development, so when drug candidates have not yet been tested on humans, minimizing any risks related to their manufacturability, toxicity, and scalability is very important. Raymond Doninger from Lonza's Early Development Services took us on a route across the earliest stages of drug development. If I think about de-risking, I, I think about identifying where there are potentials for uh, my development journey to derail and um, addressing those risks, addressing those potential areas for this derailment, if you like, as early as possible. The de-risking consists of computer modeling tools that predict how the molecule will interact with the human body. And it's accompanied by novel cell-based assays that target the drug's immunogenicity. In another episode, we spoke to Yvette Stallwood, the head of Lonza's Early Development Services, about what is this immunogenicity and how we can prevent it. You don't want your patients to raise this immune response to the drugs um, that are being used to treat them. 
So it really is essential that drug developers do assess the emergency risk, as not only can it impact the functionality of the drug, but it can also be a very significant safety risk for the patient. We also looked at the other part of the drug development and manufacturing spectrum and investigated the safety of injectable drug products. As it turns out, every single injection, be it a vaccine or an IV infusion you've ever received, has gone through endotoxin testing. Endotoxin, which is something that is ubiquitous in nature. Uh, it's, it's everywhere. It's on our skin. It's in the water we drink. However, nanogram amounts, that's one billionth of a gram, is enough to make you sick, and a little bit more is enough to kill you. We sit down with Lonza's Alan Bergenson to discuss the important safety topic and ways of testing for endotoxin presence using products based on the blue blood of horseshoe crabs or its synthetic alternative called recombinant factor C. And we didn't only focus on therapies, but also their packaging, namely capsules. I asked Liliana Palangetic, Lonza's Associate Director of Heart Capsules R&D, to talk about the role capsules can play in protecting their cargo and even in patient psychology. Capsules are made using solutions or dispersions of polymers and other additives. Besides the polymers, we also add some colorants to the capsules to distinguish between different products, essentially. So the color in that aspect plays uh, an important role. And we see that the world is moving into more and more visual, where, let's say, the visual aspect is becoming really important. Our second season ended with a bang. We explored the world of artificial intelligence and its application in life sciences and the pharmaceutical industry. Dr. Lubna Boarfa, the founder and CEO of Okra.ai, introduced us to the concept of AI brains or even exploring the DNA of a company. Our goal at Okra is to empower every organization to build their own AI brains. If you think about any company, any organization, it has a life of its own. The experiences in the past, the successes, the failures in the past. In the past, we've been collecting data for transactional purposes, for workflow, for HR purposes. But now we're moving to an era where we can, we're going to collect data to build our digital brains of the organization. There are a lot of use cases that can be addressed once you build the brain, once you set up the memory, the learnings, you are almost building that DNA for your organization to allow to unleash the power of the human uh, workforce to do and activate more areas for research, to drive more communication with the customers and with the patients and to unlock areas that are lost in translation. The discussion was joined by Stefan Rosenberger, the head of digital transformation at Lonza, to provide an insight into how machine learning and artificial intelligence is already making an impact on pharmaceutical manufacturing and how we are implementing them at Lonza. Data science, machine learning, AI are used today routinely in the pharmaceutical research. As an example, computer-aided drug design, we have protein profile assessment, engineering mammalian expression system with DNA element design, or 
prediction of side effects for novel therapy forms. When we look into small molecule space, machine learning is used for synthetic root optimization, retrosynthesis, or toxicological assessment of uh, a new chemical entity, or in formulation design. Machine learning is used for uh, controlled release tablets based on variables such as hardness, particle size, moisture, um, to predict the tablet's in vitro behavior. After a short break, we will be back with the third season, which is already in the making. We will cover topics such as complex biotherapeutics, cell culture media, cell and gene therapies, targeting lungs with inhaled drug products, and much, much more. If you cannot wait, I invite you to explore our previous episodes from both seasons. You can find us on all major podcasting platforms and lonza.com forward slash a dash view dash on. Thank you all for listening. This was Martina Ribar-Hestericová, the Associate Director for Science Communications at Lonza. A View On is produced in collaboration with Moomoo Studios, with editorial and production support from Michael Mitchell. Original music and sound design by Fabio Pinto. Thank you and see you soon.